Hi, this is Cash Levy, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Keep listening. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Tom Simmons. And you're like, I made one sort of reference to the natives, and they were like, they literally went to break and they were like, you can't talk about that. Been a while since we spoke to Tom, he'll explain why he's been off the road and why he's going back out on the road more these days. We're also going to have the song of the week from Kasabian, that's a lads band from England. Uh, we played them before on the show. But first, let's hear a dumb bit. Time for just a real quick installment of... What kind of nonsense is that? So it's important that uh, the leader of the free world be uh, brave and, and to show his bravery and to kind of instill that confidence in people. And of course, you know, the tragic events uh, that happened in Florida two weeks ago at the high school there, uh, there's been a lot of controversy about uh, not only, of course, guns and gun control, but about um, how uh, law enforcement responded at the scene. And it turns out some deputies hesitated going into the building while uh, the shooting was occurring. And uh, President Trump, though, well, President Trump assured us of this. You know, I really believe, you don't know until you test it, but I think I, I really believe I'd run in there even if I didn't have a weapon. And that's awesome. That's great that he, he would be uh, so, so brave. But he's also the same guy that told Howard Stern this. I'm not good for medical. You know, in other words, like right. if you like cut your finger and there's blood pouring out, yes. you're gone. I'm gone. Right. <laughs> good I'm idea, good. by the way. Like, <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, I was at Mar-a-Lago and we had this incredible ball, the Red Cross ball. So you have all these really rich people. And a man, about 80 years old, very wealthy man, a lot of people didn't like him, he fell off the stage. Wow. So what happens is this guy falls off right on his face, hits his head, and I thought he died. And you know what I did? I said, oh, my God, that's disgusting, and I turned away. Right. I couldn't, you know, he was right in front of me. I turned away. I didn't want to touch him. <laughs> the Marines, right. this is a great somebody thing. somebody clean that up? No, the Marines, he's bleeding all over the place. I felt terribly. You know, beautiful marble floor. It didn't look so good. It changed color. It became very red. So I'm not sure how a guy who's afraid of the sight of blood and is more worried about the, you know, the, the condition of the floor is going to react in that situation. But, you know, I mean, it, it just makes you think. What kind of nonsense is that? Tom Simmons is a stand-up comedian originally from Georgia. He now lives in North Carolina and tours clubs all over the country. Here now is our interview with Tom Simmons. Hello. Hey, Tom. It's P.F. from City Beat. How you doing, man? Good. I always forget which paper I'm calling on behalf of. <laughs> the last second. I'm, they both have city yeah. to begin with, but then... Uh, gosh, it's been, uh, let me see, about a year or so since we spoke last. Um, and at that time, I think you had been touring with Stuart Huff and um, and somebody else. I can't remember who. Oh, yeah. I was with, uh, at the time, Jay Wycott. Yeah. Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so how, are yeah. Th- how are things going? I'm seeing the... Uh, uh, and then there's this is doing very well. Um, uh, what, what's the status of that? I know there were a couple of bumps along the way, but people still seem to be liking it and commenting on it on Facebook and whatnot. Yeah, man, I think they're better now. I mean, I, they, I was, it was, you know, I was uh, with, you know, Fox paying me to do it, and they owned it and edited it, and 
controlled the content basically, and and now I just make them and put them up myself without uh, any of the the graphics or anything, which you know speeds up me being able to get them out. But uh, other than that, they're a little longer and a little just more my voice, and I feel like I got better at it. But you know, I'm doing them less just because I'm back to doing stand-up more. Oh, okay. Which I'm really, I'm really enjoying because you, you know, you get on stage and you just lose the the not the ability to write, but you know, like you'll say a line one night and then the next night you'll say that line and then the next night after that you say that line and build another line onto it. You know what I mean? And and if you're just doing shows you know, a weekend a month, you don't really run into that as much. You know what I mean? You kind of yeah. keep going back to the old set list and you're just not growing as much, you know? Yeah. Well, so. well, as we all know, you're an exceptional joke writer, and I, I mentioned this to you last time. I recall the one time I was uh, doing our pro-am at Go Bananas, the uh, what is really our, our open mic for the for folks that don't know, and uh, you were performing that weekend, and you jumped up on stage toward the end of the show on the on the Wednesday and just tried out some new jokes, and every one of them killed. And you were like, oh, maybe I'll be using all of these this weekend. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, well, like, the, the step... Yeah, sometimes the steps before they get to that point, you know what I mean, have sort of been gone, you know, and then a fluky crowd tells you every joke is funny, and then the next night you realize only one of them was, you know. Aha. Uh-huh. So has it gotten easier? I mean, as far as, uh, and then there's this, is uh, is it the times you do do them, has it been getting easier to do them in the climate that we're in, or is it still the, the, the same amount of work and same uh, process that always was? It's the same, really. I mean, there, the, the difference, there is a difference in that. The audience that I have on Facebook are pretty predictable in that they, I mean, I appreciate it, but they don't, they don't like Trump. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so that, that stuff is going to do, that stuff is going to do better. You know, then, like, I find when I write a topical story that I'll write a bunch of jokes for, and I'm like, oh, this is really funny. It won't do as well as, say, just to be saying, screw Trump, you know. Huh. is what I do, but you know what I mean. Huh. Is, is, you think the audience yeah. would be more sophisticated than that? Uh, you'd hope. They're not. Yeah. <laughs> so, so on stage, is it, because uh, I know a lot of folks that have never done political comedy throw a few jokes in now because they feel they're kind of compelled to just because of it's, it's so pervasive in our lives now. But are you, are you doing the same amount, more or less? I know some guys are, are and gals are doing actually less of it because they just, you know, there's because the opposite reason. There's so much of it out there, they, they think people want to break from it. Yeah. Um, I tr- you know, to be honest, I don't really, I haven't really done, I don't really do specific, like, politics. But I do do big issues, you know. Yeah. Like I do still, I do do race and religion and politics and abortion. You know what I mean? I I cover those subjects. But um, I found any jokes, any jokes about Trump turned groom. You know what I mean? It's like you got to really people. People say that. Oh man, it must be great to be a comedian now. Trump is president. Jokes write themselves. No, first of all, they don't write themselves. Secondly, <laughs> yeah. People are so divided that they get uncomfortable. You know, and the and Trump supporters are really beholden, so they're really like eighty, seventy-year-old dudes are jumping up, giving me the finger. You know what I mean? So the line to walk is a little is a little harder, I think, to be honest with you, for yeah. me at least. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just it's so strange because I think, and maybe I'm just 
you know, maybe my uh, vision is is colored or, or skewed, but I mean, at least with when we had Bill Clinton, we knew what time it was. I mean, the guy was a politician. We we, we knew what was going on, and it just seems you know the uh, the, the, the Trumpies are a little you know less uh, less savvy about their. I mean, some of them are. Some of them know what's going on. He's you know he's a reality TV star turned president. They, but then other people are just are just blind. Now, maybe there were that you know those folks on the on the Clinton side as well. I guess. They think we're insane, and we think they're insane. So yeah. it's a really weird division right now, you know? Yeah. Where, like, a lot of comedy, like, for me at least, I, I feel like the, the joke comes a lot in the truth. You know what I mean? Like, here's a, like, this is how, like, it's almost, you win an, you win an argument with a joke. You make a, you make an analogy with a, with a punchline. You, the point is made with your joke. And if, and if they don't agree on what facts are, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's just so you got to walk it. You got to figure it out a different way. You know, yeah, it, I'm, I'm sort of enjoying it. You know, I, I feel like I like being the underdog. I liked it <laughs> when Bush was president and, uh, and Obama was president. It was a little, you know, oh no, my team's winning. You know, but, even though he wasn't really, because I'm even more far left than he was. But oh know. yeah, yeah. And yeah, another thing that people uh, couldn't see. It's strange too because when you get, I guess there's there's, there's two different sides of it. Uh, um, when I teach comedy writing to, to the young people on the weekends, I always tell them, you know, when you're writing a joke about your family or your brother or sister, it doesn't have to be accurate at all. If the joke is funnier that you have a little brother as opposed to a little sister, do that. But then on the other hand, if it is a current events joke, people are going to. If the fact isn't right, then people are going to be like, well, well, no, wait a minute, this is you know, that's not the way it happens. So that's going to trip people up. Yes, yes, yes. That is way like you're right. You know, like if I write a joke, and, and like I'm talking about whatever, some, sometimes they're easier to do through I'm having a conversation with my son and he says it, or yeah. I write the punchline that he says, and then people think, oh, he really said that, man. No, <laughs> it's funnier if he says it than if I say it. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, do, do you think yeah. with, you know, things like The Daily Show and uh, kind of the, the the offshoots of then kind of the, uh, I guess, the offspring of those shows, are people looking for their comedy to be more accurate or is it just like a, a case-by-case basis depending on whether it's based in current events or not? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I want mine to be as accurate as possible, to be honest with you. You know, if I use the fact that's wrong, somebody tells me that, then I... I try to change it immediately, or I try to get my point across better, you know? Yeah. Or I have to drop the joke, because it's like, oh, that's not real, you know? Yeah. But I guess you're you're dealing with the bigger issues, so the facts of those have probably been pretty well established, you know, if you're taking the bigger picture view, as opposed to taking, you know, them, them, you know, event by event. You'd think. (laughs) But... The facts on global warming haven't been solved. The facts on when life begins haven't been solved. That's you know, true. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the facts on if we're racist or not, if the rebel flag stands for this or not, is hasn't been solved, apparently. You know, it's like I do a joke where I say, we got to tell North Korea we got to put this nuclear war thing on hold because we somehow still figured out our civil war. You know? <laughs> right. Um, yeah, it's funny you mentioned about the... First. About the Confederate flag, because I, I did a dumb bit on the, my podcast a couple weeks ago about the uh, the Cleveland Indians uh, logo, and uh, I'm an Indians fan, 
uh, of both kinds, actually, the baseball team and our Native Americans. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a dicky logo, I mean, and and once you realize that, you know, I think you can be like, yeah, you know what, you can change the look. It really, and if you even have to, go back to calling them the Cleveland Blues. That that's not what it's all about. So, I mean, and my conservative yeah, friend, that's funny even said, you said that I'm a fan of the. I've been a fan of like I've been rooting for the Indians since name like big like since wounded me. You know. <laughs> 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 I like that. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, and we learned in school when I was a kid growing up in suburban Cleveland, especially, our music teacher especially really took up the cause uh, of all people, but uh, learned early on how awful we were to our Native American uh, in the population. And, uh, you know, so I always had that, was always conscious of that. So I never meant any harm in, you know, having a Chief Wahoo sticker on my uh, notebook or whatever it was. But now when you look back as an adult and look, and look at it, you know, object, kind of more objectively, you go, yeah, it, it, it is pretty dicky. But, um, so yeah, I have a, I'm a Braves fan and a Seminoles fan. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. You know, <laughs> and the Braves at least they used to have Chief Nakahoma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I, you know. Well, at least with the Seminoles, uh, don't they? Um, they actually award scholarships to Native Americans. And in trade for being able to use the name, and and don't they they still have the mascot? But isn't it isn't it somebody of Native American descent is doing that? I don't. I, I'm not positive, but probably. I'm thinking, you know, folks out there, there's, you know, that. like like you said, like the Indians and the Braves and the Seminoles. Those aren't those aren't really slurs, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. The Indians' name just proves that we were dumb. The logo is Dicky, <laughs> but um, I, I remember yeah. listening to a, and I'd mentioned this on my show a couple weeks ago. I heard a, a radio show on Canadian radio, and this journalist was talking about they call the the they're the native population up there the First Nation people, and but he kept calling them Indians, and he stopped himself and said, "Before you say anything, I'm saying Indians because they call themselves Indians, so um, they don't call themselves First Nation people." Uh, maybe they do now. I've always, yeah, they've always referred to them as natives. Like when I'm around, they, they call them natives. Yeah. Um, but, or yeah, First Nation. And that's and up in Canada. Like, yeah. They're very sensitive about it. Like, they, like you do race jokes, like you do black white jokes, and they're like, huh, you know, silly Americans, but they're racist. <laughs> you know, they're not as affected by that. Cause, and then, but they have a lot of that same guilt about, about their natives. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I was on a radio show and they were like, "Talk about Federal Reserve and the and the and the military industrial." You know, all that they want to go into all the stuff, and then you're like, "I made one sort of reference to the natives." They were like, they literally went to break, and they were like, "You can't talk about that." Whoa! Like, really? <laughs> like, wow. Uh, like what you people need to do is we treated our natives terribly too. But you need to get over that guilt, and here's how you do it: you enslave a whole nother group. <laughs> there you go, sorted. <laughs> right. And yeah. then, the, then what you did to them isn't as bad anymore. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what's weird is that uh, the, the way that some uh, African Americans were able to sneak into pro sports before Jackie Robinson, particularly in football, was they would say that they were Native Americans. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine then. <laughs> that's how they, they made a whole football is that team. True? Yeah, yeah, there was a whole football team called the Oorang Indians that were based in Marion, Ohio, and I believe it was Jim Thorpe who was all had Native American blood in his veins, and he recruited all Native American players, and they were, and people knew they were Native Americans, but there were also cases where, yeah, guys snuck onto roster saying, oh, I'm a Native American, and they're like, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, 
So does sports take up a lot of your time as well, give you a nice break from you know, doing comedy and following current events and stuff? Does it take up my time? Yeah, do you I mean do you follow it closely or follow the sports? Eh, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm not as no, not as much as I did. You know, I used to be like every sport all year long, you know. Yeah. And this would be the worst time of year waiting for something. It still is, you know, waiting for a sport, you know? Yep. Because I'm not a real hockey fan or or, uh, or NBA until playoff time, you know, or... So I'm a baseball... Now I'm really just... I'm really... I'm a baseball fan mostly, you know? I really I really watch the Braves. I probably watch, I probably watch about 80% of their games and, and, and go to their website every day and read the stories. And so I'm a... I stay up on baseball and Braves a lot. And then... Football, I'm sort of casual and a Falcons fan. You know? Okay, is that because of the proximity to Atlanta, or were you become a Braves fan because of like when we were kids, they were on TBS every day, or what? How did that come about? A little bit of both. Like I, I went, I like you know my most of my teenage years off and on were in Atlanta. So okay, that's where my home was. Oh, and I then see. I was, and then I was in Atlanta as a Braves fan in uh, in '91 when they had the you know. Whenever you're like, I don't know if you, when you were an Indians fan, if you were around during that magical, when they have their magical runs, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Where the whole city, where yep. you know, and the Braves went from being the worst team ever, forever, yes, same, and went from worst to first, and it was the city was just enveloped, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we were living in where Cincinnati by then. Coming up hugging strangers at bars, you know? Yeah, I mean? yeah. Like that kind of level of like coming together, you know? Yeah, yeah. We were in Cincinnati by then, but it was still very exciting to follow. That was the year that uh, the Braves won their only World Series against the Indians, of course. <laughs> so yeah, so we're we're yeah. Yeah, but that would that'd be an interesting World Series today, though, because people wanted the Indians to lose uh, two years ago because of just because of the the mascot and the logo. And I'm like, really? <laughs> because as I pointed out before, we're on. I mean, not in the same way, obviously, but we're we're kind of underdogs in a way too. So uh, don't you don't need to be picking on us. Um, yeah, I agree, man. Because you guys, I remember being in Cleveland working one time, and I, they they you stayed downtown or in the flats. Yeah, and then. Out my window in the in the condo they had us in, you could see the the lights in the top of the stadium. You know, yeah. And I'd be watching the game, and my window was open at that spaghetti warehouse building or whatever. And then, yeah, like you would hear like the roar and the whole thing of the of the crowd, and then see it on television like a few seconds later with the time delay or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's it funny. Was one of the coolest thing, sort of listening to that that energy, just you know, go away from that stadium and that. You know, in that in that sound wave, it was very cool. You yeah, know? it was a very exciting to season. Hear it and then, to hear it and then see it. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was very exciting. This year, we, we ended up going to the game where they ended their 22-game winning streak. We were there for that. And my wife was disappointed, but I was like, oh, it was still fun to be there. It was a sellout crowd again on a Friday night in the stadium. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it was just for the one the one part where they lost. <laughs> and then they won the next day and the day after that and started, like, another 10-game streak. It's crazy. But, yeah, it's it's tough because as you get older, life gets in the way. And I can, like, I tell people I can barely follow my four teams. Uh, I don't know how people, you know, keep up with everything else and follow, uh, you know, all these different sports. It's crazy. Yeah, I can't. I don't do fantasy. I don't do any of that stuff. Just yeah, I used to, but. I just don't have time anymore. I got a kid. I got a life. I got I, I got a right. Exactly. You know what I mean, I got. Yeah, I'm. I'm less worried about the world now. I'm worried if my son's baseball team has enough pitching to make it through the weekend tournament. You know. There you go. Yeah, it's just it's weird how, and you never imagine it's going to happen that way. And then and then there it does. And you said you're out on the road more now. So how many? How much more are you out on the road uh, these days than than previously? 
Well, it depends on how far previously you go. But for the last few years, doing that web series and getting paid for it, I was like, I just stopped sending the bails out. So um, I was working, you know, once a, once, once a month, three times every two months, something like that. Now it's back to, you know, two out of three. Okay. That's cool, but it, the people still uh, wanting to see wanting to see Tom Simmons. So that's pretty good. That's pretty encouraging. Yeah. I'm more of a I have I have comics that are fans. Oh, you know, that is true. Yeah, myself, but I don't have a lot of fans. Yeah, well, I, you, <laughs> unless you're big, you don't really have fans. You know. Well, you are definitely, I would say, a comics comic. But then there are markets like Cincinnati where I, I think you're a recognized name that people. Oh yeah, I mean, and there's. There are a lot of guys like that that, you know, um, some of them are more... Stewart's like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then there's, what's the, the Raging Cajun guy? Who, who I can't remember his, uh, John... Uh, but John we, Morgan or John whatever. Morgan, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I know it's a different, it's kind of a different thing. Uh, that That's maybe more shticky than, you know, what you guys are doing. But still, I mean, you know, it's like they used to say in the old days, once you can go to that town... And fill the room. That's really all you need to do, to, you know, to, to make an okay living. Is that yeah. is that really still the case? I mean, in the yeah, yeah, I really, I mean, I enjoy it. Dude. There's a, there's a certain there's a, you know, I don't, I just don't chase the rooms anymore. Like, hey, can you get you know? And then I have, I have a, I have sort of a stable of people that use me, and then you know, you get references off of those. I and I, I've been doing comedy long enough that I've. I can do comedy in, a, in in so many different situations that somehow work. You know, yeah. I can do I can do a, I can do an all black show. I can do an all clean show. I can do you know whatever it is. There's there's I can I've done it long enough. Right? Is is I there can do the job? Yeah. Is there a city or or a particular club that you haven't done or haven't done in a while that you would like to travel back to or? Oh, I'd love to do Acme. I'd love to do Acme again. Oh yeah, Minneapolis. Yeah, um, the DC, the DC Improv is you know is great. Or, you know, those are some of those some of those rooms. You know, those are those are the those are the cream. When I did uh, San Francisco, some of those uh, some of those theaters were just unreal. You know, I, I don't really have any. Those those are sort of the, the tops for me. And Go Bananas, I've always loved. Yep. Well, that's what I hear a lot. The Go Bananas and Acme are the two uh, best comedy clubs not on the coast, or perhaps even including the coast. So. Yeah, they really they they are. You know, and 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 Go Bananas is has a lot to do with the comedy scene there. You know, the guys yes. that are there that they just even when it's not the same guys that it was. 15 years ago or 10 years ago or five years ago, there just seems to be a some core element there that just makes it a cool place, you know? Yeah, we do have a, a good scene. A lot of funny folks uh, in this town. A lot of them are starting to get a lot of notice now. Uh, Jeff Tate, Alex Stone, uh, Kelly Collette. Uh, so all kinds of all kinds of funny happening here in Cincinnati. And, um, well, it's good talking to you again, sir. Glad things are going well. Um, we'll point people to... Uh, to the to the show and also to uh, your tour dates and whatnot, and um, we'll try to go out to the club and see you as well. Oh man, that'd be great! I, re- I appreciate your time, dude. Okay, I'm thanks. Going to get my son now to school. I oh. know you just got your daughter. Yes, so. I did. Just got her off the bus. Perfect. Well, uh, good okay. talking to you, Tom. Thanks. Uh-huh. Bye bye. Thanks.
thanks again to Tom Simmons for being on the show. You can catch Tom uh, March 8th through 11th at Go Bananas in Cincinnati. Uh, his website is TomSimmonsComedy.com. And if you go there, you will find he has no tour dates listed, which of course is not true because he's doing that one in Cincinnati. But keep going back there for updates. Uh, if you haven't seen him before, you got to check him out. Uh, he is smart, and he is uh, really one of our best joke writers, honestly. So that brings us up to the song of the week, and uh, it's appropriate uh, this week in a way. I'll tell you the story sometime, boys and girls, but uh, this is Kasabian's You're in Love with a Psycho. I wasn't in love with a psycho, but I worked for one, and oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe it. Again, I'll tell you the story some other time, but this is Kasabian. Uh, it is a single from their For Crying Out Loud album that came out last year. This was one of the singles. I think this is a pretty good tune. Uh, let me know what you think of it. That is our song of the week on PS Tape Recorder. Kasabian, You're in Love with a Psycho. PS Tape Recorder, so long, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.